It, it's time to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Gainey. Crunch, crunch, crunch time plays. I'm Jordan Black, and you're watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Howdy, my name is Jennifer Streeter, covering all things Texas A&M athletics and recruiting, and you're watching Crunch Time Plays. Jaden Bradford here, four-star quarterback, class of 2024, and uh, you're watching and listening to the Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round, and when it comes down to the final six on the clock, I always look for Crunch Time Plays. Time to make the crunch time plays, much like Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M have been doing lately as they signed the number one recruiting class in the country, historic class, the number highest rated class uh, in the modern area of recruiting. So very, I know they're very excited about that. And we've got Jenny Streeter here again to talk about the, the full class now. We had her on after the early signing period to talk about the class uh, as it as it stood then. But now we've got the full class and and – you know, you get to see her all the time because she's in our intro video, but you get to see her twice during this episode. So, Jenny, hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for taking the time, as always. Oh, of course, Bennett. Hi again. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be back. It is great to be back on Crunch Time Plays. And, hey, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, A&M had a huge performance on National Signing Day, you know, number one class in the nation and obviously, like, historically, too. So, Big win for Jimbo Fisher and all of his coaches, coaching staff. So we're just super happy for him, and I'm excited to get into it with you. No doubt. And I, I know that the term sliced bread will probably be used uh, during this episode. <laughs> so we're very we're very excited about that. It'll be sliced bread's debut uh, on Crunch Time Place. So we're very excited about that. <laughs> oh god yes <laughs> i figured we were gonna start with something like that oh gosh that was just so crazy like watching that all in the press conference i was just like oh no <laughs> now, it was funny because on i was watching coach fisher on the on cbs sports hq with josh payton the guys over there before he had the press conference and i know he was trying to i think he was trying to try out some some material mm-hmm. uh, on them for the for the press conference but the and obviously he went off on, on everybody pretty much uh, during, during that day. It's almost like he, he, you know, just prepped that day to today to, to go off on everybody. But, but, you know, obviously you don't want to discount the, the work that coach Fisher and his assistants mm-hmm. have done because they, they, they did an incredible job, obviously signed the number one class. Obviously it was a historic class, the highest ready class in the, modern recruiting era obviously nil played a role but probably not as big of a role as as people would think or tend to believe that it's still you know they, they still resonate uh, with the guys the staff does as far as far as the recruiting goes and them signing the number one class but so but coach fisher said that you know it's he said it had no effect on the signing of the class I definitely disagree with that but also don't also disagree with the the 30 million number and the fact that A&M tried to buy the class. You disagree with that as well. So the truth is somewhere in the middle. NIL did play a factor, but Texas A&M does have incredible recruiters, incredible coaches on their staff. So it's kind of a a mixture of both. 
Yeah, well, here's the thing, Bennett, with Coach Fisher. So let's dive into this a little bit. So, you know, obviously, like I've been in the press conference room with Coach Fisher. So I kind of know him a little bit on a personal level. And the thing with Coach Fisher is he's his press, his press box decorum and press conference decorum is a lot like Nick Saban in that he values the respect the reporters give him. You know, he he doesn't like to be called Jimbo. He want he wants you to address him as Coach Fisher. You know, so he he's very b- big on respect. And I mean, what coach who won who's won a national championship isn't. But um, you know, the thing is with this statement, and I have the sitting here. I'm gonna read it to you in a few seconds. But um, I believe it was Brent Zorman with the Houston Chronicle. You know asked him about these rumors that have been circulating online as a result of them getting the number one class in history. And it was basically the rumors online were coming from this like rumor site, fan forum, if you will, whatever. And it came from sliced bread was, which Jimbo referenced multiple, multiple times in his um, scathing speech, if you will. And basically that rumor said that the only reason why Texas A&M football got that number one class is because there was a 30 million to 50 million dollar fund that they utilized to get these players to come to A&M so you know Brent Zordon with the Houston Chronicle kind of just lightly asked him you know there have been some stuff circulating online about monetary compensation that these recruits were potentially paid to come here you know what are your thoughts on that so I have the quote here so now I'm going to read it for everyone So this $30 million deal is a joke. This thing that there's some fun out there and it was written on bro Bible by some guy named Slice Bread and all of a sudden the country believes it. It's a joke, Fisher said on CBS Sports HQ. It didn't affect recruiting at all. The people who wanted to make comments on it have no idea what's going on. It's insulting to the players who come here and the people around us. So, you know, obviously a lot to digest there, but let's, talk about a little bit people's reputation of Texas A&M. So, you know, for years since A&M had joined the SEC in 2012, you know, people have kind of just been saying, well, what are they going to do? Like, when are they going to kind of become a catalyst in the SEC? And when are they going to get in there? You kind of have people rooting for their failure a little bit, you know, because they did come in kind of more recently than other teams. And, you know, this past year, they beat, they upset the number one team in the country, obviously the University of Alabama. And I think that did play a big role in recruiting as well. And then obviously you have the year prior where they won the Orange Bowl, where they defeated North Carolina. So, you know, it, it, it's just kind of, I can see why Coach Fisher would be frustrated just because, you know, he's had recent successes and it's like people are kind of overlooking that and saying, oh, well, there's no way this team could get all of these recruits and could get this historic class with their record and everything. And as to what you said about, um, you know, him kind of saying that NIL played no role in it, I don't think that's what he was trying to get across. I think he was trying to say that there's no, like, $30 million fund. Because obviously, you know, with NIL, you know, NIL is present now, you know, in the NCAA. That's just the way it goes. So obviously, I think all coaches know that, NIL does have an effect on their athletes, but I think what Coach Fisher was trying to say was that it doesn't have as big of effect on recruiting as people think. What do you think about that, Bennett? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I don't, I don't. People, I know a lot of times, a lot of times, people take coaches that they're were what they're trying, what they're trying. I think what 
you're right. I think what Coach Fisher was trying to say is, is there's no $30 million deal, obviously. So, no, it's it's really – um, and to think that is obvious – to think that there is really – and I don't blame him for feeling this way. It's really a discredit to to him and, and his staff as well as, as players like Bobby Taylor and Donovan Green who are in this class, but they signed on early to be a part of this class, and they really – Know, had a great effect on recruiting other players to come with them to mm-hmm. College Station. So, t- to me, it really, you know, it really discredit people believing that Texas A&M bought this class is really a discredit to to Coach Fisher and the and the obviously the tremendous people on his staff, but also the the players like Bobby Taylor and Donovan Green who were part of this class early that really set the bar high in terms of player to player recruiting, which is really one of the underrated things to me. So definitely have to look at it from all of that, from that point. Yes. NIL did play a factor, but it's not 30 million. It's not what Texas A&M, Texas A&M did not buy this class. They didn't buy the historic class. They did it not only with their almost making the college football playoff, in 2020 and then you wrap that up with the win against Alabama in 2021 take the momentum forward and and we always know that that the momentum from a great season generally carries over to the next signing class which would be the 2022 class from that 2020 season almost almost making it to the college football playoff yeah absolutely and before we piggyback to the other elephant in the room I kind of want to touch on something you just said so Obviously, you know, people don't take coaches at their word, whether that's fans or reporters. And once I was in the um, press conference room with Coach Fisher and he flat out literally said that. So this was when rumors were circulating about him leaving the head coaching job to take the head coaching job at LSU. There were a lot of rumors online about it. And, you know, us as the media, as we do, we kind of, you know, kept poking the bear a little bit and we're asking him to comment on it. And finally, he did where he he gave this really, really powerful and great statement that, you know, he's happy at Texas A&M. He's building something special here and that this is where he wants to stay. Fast forward a few press conferences later, which I was also in attendance at. He was asked the question again. And at this point, he was like, he said something like, man, you know, I understand y'all are media and y'all fans. Y'all don't take coaches at their word. You know, I get that. I understand that. But I'm telling y'all right now, like, this is where I'm staying. And, you know, now we do know that Coach Fisher was offered a significant salary to go be the head coach at LSU, and he turned it down to stay with Texas A&M. You know, granted, his contract at Texas A&M is good and was recently given various great new additions recently. But, you know, I think Coach Fisher knows that people don't take him out his word because he knows that media and fans don't take any head coach at their word. So just wanted to touch on that lightly that you said, but we do have another elephant in the room to discuss. And I want to talk about Harold Perkins a little bit. Bennett, do you want to give them some background on him? Yes. Yeah, so Harold Perkins is obviously the uh, number one linebacker in the class, the top, top linebacker in the class, five-star that, that was committed to, to Texas A&M and then decommitted from A&M on on January 2nd and then on, on signing day ends up signing uh, with LSU, but you know, just apparently Brian Kelly made Brian Kelly and his staff made a, 
a very good impression on him. And, and I did then find something interesting that what he said, obviously he made his commitment on, on CBS sports HQ with Josh Payton knows again. And he was talking about Brian Kelly and it's something that obviously Brian Kelly is recruiting a little bit differently uh, at LSU than he did at Notre Dame. Obviously the videos of him dancing with the recruits on TikTok and different things like that have made their way around but he said something that was really interesting to me and and something that that I think if you're not only an LSU fan an A&M fan a SEC fan that you should take note of is he said that I thought I knew who Brian Kelly was you know just from his reputation at at Notre Dame being more of a a hardliner being more of a being more that type of character but it turns out that Brian Kelly is something completely different and I think his personality really changed when he got to LSU he got to you know to kind of get freed up a little bit to recruit the way that you're supposed to recruit in the SEC to recruit recruit the way that he wants to so just thought that was really honestly I thought that was really interesting from from Harold Perkins just talking about the difference between Brian Kelly trying to recruit him at, at Notre Dame versus when he got to LSU so I thought that was really interesting and uh and, you know, he obviously ends up signing with LSU. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I think a lot of people don't really get into is really the difference between SEC recruiting and other conferences recruiting. Because, you know, Bennett, you know this, when you get to the SEC, it is just a completely different ballgame. So just, again, to give you all a little bit more context into Harold Perkins, on January 2nd, the five-star linebacker, which, of course, is Harold Perkins, committed to Texas A&M. He's from Cyprus, so he's kind of close to Texas A&M. He then decommitted to explore his other options where he took official visits to LSU, as you mentioned, Bennett, and also to Florida. So on National Signing Day, you know, he had the three hats lined up. He had an A&M hat, an LSU hat, and a Florida hat. And at that time, Perkins, you know, he picked up the LSU ball cap and officially became a tiger so you know my both of my parents actually attended graduate school at LSU so we do have a bit of a family rivalry so definitely when Harold Perkins made that decision our family group chat was kind of popping off a little bit if you will because you know you had both of my parents kind of being like ha 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 like take that and then you had me being like well we still had the number one class so you know, not not much they could say back to that. But um, yeah, I did figure we would just Bennett and I would start, um, you know, our national signing day Texas A&M recruiting show by talking about those two elephants in the room. But Bennett, why don't you say we kind of move on from that and give our top three recruits of the class? Why don't you go first? I'm going to going to say gentlemen's go first. <laughs> well, that 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 completely dismisses what society tells us, but but okay, I'll uh I'll go for, I'll go first. So my top obviously, my top 3 in the class and Jenny Jenny and myself don't have the same ones. We've kind of contemplating that out before the show, but so number 1 on my list is Bobby Taylor and because of what I talked about earlier, the player to player recruiting obviously kind of kind of touched on it the last time that we had Jenny on the show we were talking about Bobby Taylor and Donovan Green and it's interesting that the night before early signing day Bobby Taylor was on the the Twitter space with Billy Lucci and those guys from Tech Sags that he was really talking about the player to player recruiting and how much he he and Donovan Green led the way in terms of in terms of getting other players to 
to come with them to, to College Station. And and obviously, you know, to me, that's one of the most underrated uh, aspects of recruiting is that player-to-player recruiting. And Bobby Taylor certainly had a, a tremendous impact on the on the number one class. And then number two was Chris Marshall, which honestly – I picked him because Jenny stole Evan Stewart from me. I wanted to pick Evan Stewart, but but end up with with Chris Marshall. But um, just a really explosive wide receiver, and it's something that Coach Fisher mentioned back on the early signing day. Is there's things that he's wanted to do offensively that he hasn't been able to do, and guys like Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall in this class will give him the ability to do that. And then Gabriel Brownlow Dandy had to finish it off with a with a defensive lineman, obviously Texas A&M considerably upgraded on both lines of scrimmage. The five-star from down in Lakeland, Florida, Gabriel Brownlow Dendy is probably going to be on the field as a freshman for Texas A&M. Don't really see any way that you can keep him off the field, as with a lot of guys on the defensive line in this class. So those will be my top three. And, and Gene, I know you have, have yours to pass along as well. Yes, I do. So yeah, Bennett and I were definitely discussing this before the show. So that was fun. Um, that was kind of fun. You know, for those of y'all watching, Bennett and I have actually kind of become really good friends since I first appeared on the show. So it's great to be back and doing a show with him. As always, you know, we kind of text 24-7 when National Signing Day happened. We were both kind of texting back and forth like, oh man, like let's get another show going. So yeah. Okay, now for my top three. For number one, I have the five-star quarterback recruit. Connor Wingman, obviously, for those of y'all watching, it was kind of expected that he was going to be in one of our top three. Now, so Fisher signed five-star quarterback Wingman to his already outstanding 2022 class. Wingman finished his high school career with 27 passing touchdowns and was the offensive MVP of his district, yo. So especially when it comes to high school, you know, in one district, there's just so, so many schools And there's obviously so much talent, especially, you know, where Wingman's from. So that's just really, really impressive for him. He has actually already enrolled early. He enrolled in January. So he definitely has the potential to beat, um, you know, other quarterbacks on A&M's roster as a freshman. So he uh, something interesting about him is he's also a double threat. You know, he's also going to play for the Texas A&M baseball team under coach Jim Slosnagel. It's his first year here. So that'll be great for him. Um, Some things to look for from Wingman coming forward. You know, obviously he has in the quarterback room, he has returning quarterback Haynes King, who's recently coming off of his injury to compete with. And then he also has, you know, the um, new quarterback to compete with, which is Max Johnson from LSU, who kind of did a little switcheroo and came to Texas A&M along with his brother, uh, Jake Johnson, who's going to be a tight end. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit unto, into my number one tip pick for recruits to watch out for. Um, second is five-star wide receiver, Evan Stewart, who I stole from Bennett's list. So, so sorry about that, Bennett. Um, so the Aggies finished Wednesday, December 15th with the number one recruiting class in the nation and in, you know, now in history officially, um, without signing the number six player in the nation. So Stewart actually decommitted from Texas. So horns down as always for those Aggies listening, he decommitted from them in March and committed to the Aggies in November. So He's kind of an internet famous whiteout from Frisco, and he actually signed on Thursday, December 17th. And back at this time, this was kind of when AM and Alabama were really battling it out for that number one spot. So 
with Stewart, you know, that really kind of pushed Texas A&M's ranking up on the up and up. So that was like the reason why Stewart is on the list is also because of the kind of monumental impact he had in, in that ranking. But, you know, I put him at number two just because the wide receiver room is undergoing a lot of changes at Texas A&M. You know, obviously there's Chase Lane and Caleb Chapman, but both of them have just been riddled with injuries. You know, Chase Lane didn't get to play towards the end of this most recent season because he was on the field with the boot. You know, that was something that wasn't really talked about a lot. And unless you were media, like you didn't really know that because as media, you know, obviously I was leading the football coverage um, this past year for the, te- for the Texas A&M student newspaper. And there was one game where like we hadn't seen Chase Lane play. I can't remember which one it was, but then we went down the field when they were doing um when they were sawing him off after and we saw Chase Lane go out and he was in the boot. So um and then obviously Caleb Chapman, you know, he got injured my junior year. So I'm a senior now. So last year and you know, in the Florida game and he didn't play after that that season since. So he's kind of just now coming back this past season, but he's still kind of getting into the swing of things, still getting over that injury. So I think Evan Stewart you know, he's obviously a five-star. I think he'll definitely be able to come into that wide receiver room and really shake things up. So I'm definitely excited to see where he fits. And then number three is five-star defensive lineman, Walter Nolan, who is a recruit out of Powell, Tennessee. Is that right, Bennett? Is that how you say it, Powell? Yep, that's right. Okay, awesome. So he finalized his commitment to the Aggies. He is a state champion, and he was actually in between AM and his home his um home state university tennessee until he actually took a an official visit to college station which convinced him to come play in the great state of texas if you will so nolan is actually texas a&m's highest rated recruit ever who actually topped miles garrett and this is all according to 247 sports and i feel that under defensive line coach cherry price who's just so 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 innovative if you will on the field I feel like he he's really gonna improve his talent so I'm really excited to see how he fits and again the defensive line lost a lot is losing a lot of players to the draft you know we have Aaron Hansford we have Jaden Peavy we have DeMarvin Leal you know those were all core components of that defensive line and they you know they're now going and moving on to bigger and better things so I'm really glad that a and like as a reporter, of course, unbiased, unbiased journalism. But I'm really glad that Texas A&M had such a good recruiting class when it comes to defensive linemen, just because in order for, you know, obviously the backbone of any football team is is their defensive line. So it's really, really important that, um, you know, A&M was able to find these really good five star defensive linemen to replace these players that are going on to the draft. Yeah, no doubt. And and the last the last thing I kind of wanted to get into with you when we're talking about the class is there's going to be a lot of of expectation, let's just say, for this class and for AM the next few years. People are probably going to be expecting a national championship from this class. And obviously it's not fair to say championship or bust, because that would imply that if they don't win the national championship, Jimbo Fisher's going to lose his job, which that wouldn't happen. But and it's very difficult to see. Obviously, AM winning the title next year. Maybe they would. Maybe they will. But they obviously have to 
win the West first. They have to win the SEC. They have to win a playoff game, different things like that, which they haven't done. And so, you know, maybe you just pull a, a 2019 LSU and do all that in one year. But not not next year, I wouldn't say it's expected that A&M would expect to to win, be in a national championship game. But as this class starts to mature even more, I think you think it's not – it wouldn't be unrealistic to – to have some expectation about uh, where Jimbo Fisher and, and Texas A&M should be uh, here in the next couple of years with this class. Oh my God. Yes, Bennett. I'm so glad we're ending on this point. So definitely, you know, this class is, it's going to make history. You know, it, this is what they're designed to do is make history for Texas A&M, whether that's going to be in this coming year, or maybe whether it's going to take a year or two after that is definitely to be determined. But, you know, I definitely think that with this class and, you know, with Texas A&M's um, new defensive coordinator in DJ Durkin, I, I definitely think there's history is going to be made, you know, and that's what Coach Fisher keeps on pounding into, you know, the media and to fans everywhere is that he's building something special and he really wants to give something special to the fans. And I definitely think that this recruiting class is going to be able to deliver on that promise. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. And it's obviously probably not going to be this coming year, but definitely as we get into 2023, 2024, definitely could see A&M getting there. And another thing is really critical about this class that I wanted to end on was the 55% in-state percentage for this class. Obviously, in the portal era, so many guys commit to schools. You know, there's Clemson, for example, uh, here in the state of South Carolina, they you know, they have a lot of, of recruits from out of state, so they don't necessarily fall in love with the school. They're not loyal to the school, so they wouldn't think twice about about transferring. But with those, with that 55% of the class being in-state, I feel like a lot of these guys for A&M are more inclined to, to stick it out. They're not going to – there seems to be – more loyalty to the place, to the coaching staff, to the school from those guys that, that are in state. And, and you know, maybe, maybe a couple of them might transfer, but the odds seem to be are relatively low among players that, that come from in state to a, to an in state school. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Bennett, you know this because this is such a cliche, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. There is truly nothing like playing football in the great state of Texas, whether that's under Friday Night Lights in high school or even in college. You know, there's a reason why TU and Texas A&M have the rivalry they do today. And that's because you want to be the best football team in the state of Texas. So, um, you know, just going along with that percentage, that's definitely a statement is, you know, there's nothing like playing football in Texas. <laughs> no doubt about it. And Jenny, it's always a pleasure to have you as always. I know we're going to do it several more times after this but but for those that didn't tune in last time tell everybody where they can find you on social media i know you got a lot of stuff coming up a lot of a lot of exciting stuff happening in your world so tell everybody where they can follow you and always really appreciate you coming on oh yeah of course bennett thank you so much for having me for those of you who want to keep up with me you can check me out on twitter at jenny streeter three or my instagram is at jenny streeter with two y's so definitely be on the lookout for me there as for what i have in the works i am a senior journalism major with double minors in communication and sports management here at texas a m university i previously served as one of the head sports editors 
at the school paper. And um, now I am actually applying to get my master's in journalism. I've applied to six schools. And Bennett, I don't know if you actually know this. I'm pretty sure you do. But I actually just received my first acceptance to one of the top rated journalism programs in the country. I got my first acceptance to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So I'm still waiting to hear back from other schools. But you best believe wherever I go, I'm going to be coming for that sports desk at that school. <laughs> hey, there's no doubt about that. And I did know that you can on air. I know I told you congrats off the air, but, but on air, <laughs> congratulations on that. And uh, we'll look forward to, to catching up with you again. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Bennett. And bye everyone. <laughs> yep. Thanks so much for Jenny for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to crunch time plays today. Make sure you're subscribed to the crunch time plays YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on the pod, make sure you're subscribed on the Apple podcasts and Spotify's as well. And hope everybody has a great rest of the day and God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in to crunch time plays with your host, Bennett Ganey. Make sure to like subscribe and follow at plays crunch on Twitter and Instagram.